Has somebody come? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Anything uh, introduction worthy? Let's go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, everyone listening. Welcome to another episode of the Fellas 5 Podcast. I am one of your hosts for the evening, Warren. Um, <laughs> um, hey, hey, everyone. Good evening and good day and good good whatevers you are uh, enjoying while you listen to this to us. Um, it is another episode, as I mentioned, of your favorite Fellas 5 and our podcast. Um I guess as an opener, we are missing our brother Chris. Brother Chris is uh, working through an illness, so we wish him speedy recoveries and such things. But uh, you're here with us, baby bro. Um, but yeah, um, with that, I would like to uh, open us up to this evening's discussion. So we are going to be talking about the uh, the code switching. Um, I, if I'm correct about things, my guess is Brother Quan has a definition for us. Would that be uh, safe to say? You know, that would be extremely safe for you to say. I do. Would you mind, uh, w- would you mind uh, offering such definitions and uh, explanations to our listeners? That is not a problem. Thanks for asking. Code switching, by definition, is the practice of alternating between two or more languages or varieties of language in conversation. So, okay. So I want to do a very general open about this subject. Um, in my experience, uh, I, I have this belief that there is a very interesting connotation that goes to the, I guess the, the concept or the process of code switching. So I guess kind of to start just to kind of just do a quick open. I'm curious what, everybody's, I guess, our uh, thoughts are on code switching, right? I mean, you can go as deep as you want. I'm just very curious uh, from a general sense. Like I said, from my belief, there is this kind of global or there's a a widely accepted, less than positive understanding of it. And I just want to see what folks think. So the question is, um, how how do each of us interpret code code switching? What are your thoughts on it? What's your experience? What are your thoughts on it? Um, I think there's so much in it, so I'm just curious, kind of like basically what, up to this point, what has been your understanding or your your beliefs on it? So I I think it happens in a number of ways, and sometimes it happens when we don't even intend for it to happen. Um, I don't necessarily look at it as a um, negative thing unless you are like truly losing yourself um, to fit in. Um, I think if you have the capability to blend in and out, maybe because of work, um, maybe because the situation requires it of different, um, parts of your personality, perhaps, um, it could be quite effective in, 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 in terms of communicating or, um, kind of, uh, ingratiating yourself into different, uh, situations. Um, so, you know, I, I grew up in an urban environment and, uh, you know, I guess on the lower end of middle class um, in the neighborhood or whatever. And, you know, I had to learn. I was always a bit of a nerd, right? I love sports, but I was always a bit of a nerd. So early on, you learn to fit in depending on your lunch table or who you play uh, play with at recess. Um, are you playing with the athletes? 
are you hanging with the nerds? Are you hanging with the cool kids? Um, you know, that's a form of code switching right there. And it's, it's, it's a more innocent form that we don't maybe don't even think about in terms of some of the conversations I think we'll have later as far as the racial undertones. Um, but you do that, um, being able to blend it in a different environments, um, you're, you're code switching. When you leave uh, school, your school friends, and you go home to talk to your parents at the end of the day, it's a code switch. You don't talk the same way to your friends as you do to your parents. So I, I think it has kind of gotten a bit of a negative connotation. Um, it doesn't have to be, but I think in terms of if, if you really do lose yourself to pretend to be someone else, you know, not just, you know, I'm doing this to maybe help the other person feel comfortable. I'm doing this to, so that, you know, my transition into this situation is more comfortable. It's, I'm actually going to try to like be someone I'm not. Then I think it's a problem. But um, there, I think there's a, a lot of ways. I think, you know, I, I went from a, a, a workplace that was um, majority minority um, to one that is not. Um, and this other place is a large organization. They have all these different uh, structures in place and, and programs in place to, um, to provide comfort or to try to be more opening to, to, to folks of different backgrounds. They're trying, they're not quite there, but they're, they're getting there and the effort is great. But it's like one of the main things is like to be your true authentic self, right? Like that's one of the main things they, they ask uh, employees to do, and maybe employees of color, I, would, I wouldn't know because you know I don't know the other side because I'm an employee of color. So um, I don't know that I've ever been my true authentic self in an environment that, that was not like the basketball court <laughs> or like the football field. Um, I think there's always, you know, from being a hyper competitive person or somebody who likes to talk trash, there's always a bit that, uh, you know, I reserve for, for those moments, you know? Um, but when I'm hanging with my guys, you know, you guys see me, um, um, when I'm at work, you know, that's business Kev. I think that's a code switch that, um, comes with the territory but um but yeah i mean interested to see what else you guys think on that you know it's one of the things before we go on that i was thinking of uh you know the great american poet which we always quote often quote on this on this podcast uh sean court uh sean cory carter and um you know he says i'm myself in any room i walk into right whether i'm meeting with warren buffett whether you're going to hang out with diddy um whether he's with his wife, he's himself in any room he walks into. And I was like, man, that's great. Like, I I would probably be myself if I was worth, like, you know, $500 million to a billion dollars in any room I walked into, too. But I wonder, you know, if he meets Warren Buffett when he's an up-and-coming rapper rather than an established brand, how that conversation would go. But, um, but yeah, I'll leave us there. I don't know how well that fares. If uh, if he if he's not as established, right? Um, I mean, I I from my experiences, I see cold switching as something that I feel. I mean, I I feel like it's natural. Um, and I mean, it's kind of necessary. I think so. Um, you know, I've lived in an urban neighborhood for uh, you know my childhood, and you know my adolescence or whatever you want to call it. And yeah, the way I conducted myself like in a neighborhood with my friends wasn't the same, 
you know, the same way I conducted myself when I was at school or, you know, at work or anything else like that. I couldn't walk around and, yeah, I mean this, yeah, I mean that. Like, with my, like, the way I speak with my friends, I can't speak like that at school. You know, I'm I'm, I'm attending a, you know, a, a prestigious high school in my city. I couldn't conduct myself in that manner. I'm, 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 I'm going to be looked at different if I conduct myself as my, I guess, true self. Um, you know, and then, and, and, you know, moving on to college, I, I can't, I can't carry myself, I can't carry myself in that manner. Um, I just look at it as the ability to adapt to your surroundings and your environments. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like cold switching is it has a negative connotation. I, I, I have read and seen that it has been viewed that way. Um, but I personally, I feel like it's something that's necessary. Um, you know, you don't communicate with everybody the same way. Um, you know, again, the way I communicate with like my really close friends and family and things like that, I'm not going to conduct myself the same way at work. They are not my family and my close friends. So we do not communicate in the same manner. We don't even know each other on the same level. You know, we know, I, I know you guys, or I conduct myself with you guys on a professional level. So, you know, that form of communicating or interacting is different than when I am home and like my personal space around, you know, close friends or family or what have you. I, I just, I don't see the negative connotations I have read about them. Um, I just, I guess I understand what you were saying, Kev, as far as like losing yourself, losing your identity in, I guess, I don't know, maybe because maybe it could be viewed as like a facade, uh, I'm guessing, you know, you know, you conducting yourself in a certain manner and it's, but see, that's, so that's the thing, like, so we mentioned the term about being like your true, authentic self, you know, um, and that's not to say that the way I conduct myself at work isn't me and the way I conduct myself with my family and friends isn't me either. They are just different facets of me. Um, so like, I guess that's where it can get kind of dicey because yep. it's just like, Oh, you're being a different person all the time. No, it's just a different facet. It's just a different side of me that gets displayed depending on the environment or surroundings. That's not to say that any of these versions isn't my true authentic self. So I guess, I guess, yeah, like looking at it like that, I can see what how that could get dicey and, and people could then attempt to to play the card like well, you're not being you when you're at work. Or, you know, whatever the case. But it's like, are you only you in your home? Like I don't understand. Like I don't I don't right. that part I, I don't understand because it's just like you can conduct yourself in multiple manners and still be like your true self. I don't I don't see I don't see the issue with that. Like I don't yeah. see the issue with that and I don't see where it's like the person's being fake or phony. So I think like that I think that plays like a really, really fine line. Like I think that plays a line because people are multi multifaceted in general. Like and I think that's by nature though. Like not a thing of like Oh, I worked to be this way. I don't think so. I, I think I think that's like a natural thing. So yeah, that's kind of tough for me. 
again, I, I, I look at the idea of code switching as something that's natural. And like my experiences and and the things I've went through, I guess I was like it was shown to I it was shown to me like that was how I had to conduct myself, maybe. Like, you know, the way you are with your friends, you, you shouldn't be like that in school because it's not professional or it's not proper conduct, uh, or whatever. Um so I don't know, maybe I was taught to have these multiple facets in the way I conduct myself and express myself, you know, depending on the environment that I'm I'm in. But yeah, in general, I, I just think it's the ability to adapt to surroundings or environments. And yeah, I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. I hope we touch on that in some way, shape or fashion. I'm pretty sure Warren Aquine's got something uh, to bring up to kind of rattle this thing up. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, like I, I just see it as like something natural. Look forward to hearing from Warren Aquan. I, I want to ask a quick question because I wonder, and maybe we'll go here later. But do we think code switching is something that people who are not from a minority setting do? Like, you know, do do white males code switch? Yes, I know some that do. But like, is it looked at as the same? Right? So like, you know, I, I guess you'll hear locker room talk if they're with their boys or they're at the sports field but then I wonder how much it changes right because I, I just wonder I, you know when you were describing it real it sounded like um, I, I, I would equate it to being uh, multilingual right so like um, even though we don't give a name uh, to to sports talk or to I'm kicking it with the guys or to I'm home with my mom and my grandparents and them, or I'm at work, but those are different. You know, you're still you, like you said, you're still, it's still your personality. It's just different aspects of it that come out, you know, when the time calls for it. And, and to me, it's like being multilingual. Um, but I wonder if folks in the majority, um, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm, and none of us can answer it from that perspective. Yeah, I, just, I, I yeah, wonder. Unfortunately, we are lacking that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's the case. But anyway, I just wanted to interject that and throw that in there as we're thinking. Uh, so I'll hop in real quick before Warren gives his his actual opinion this time on something. Um, for me, though, I truly kind of had to grapple with this for a little bit. I'm still I'm going to say I'm undecided uh, about how I feel about it, because I know and recognize that I do code switch often. Um, and part of me actually wants to just this entire, at least this episode, not code switching for once. But I feel like I do it and I'm not going to project on anybody else, but I feel like we all do this for our podcast because we want to come off and, and sound a certain way and not just sound like, you know, um, as the kids say, like anything. Um, so, but to that, that same extent, the, the problem I have with code switching is kind of like what Kevin said, you lose a little bit of your identity in trying to uh, accommodate somebody else's ears uh, and trying to, uh, you know, say or conduct yourself in a manner that's going to be more appropriate or more comforting for somebody else. And so on a certain level, you take away your ability to be your true genuine self in a certain situation. And sometimes, you know, Correction. Oftentimes, 
that is of a significant value. Um, if you are trying to portray something or, or express yourself in a particular way, you may not be able to do it using the vocabulary or the, the essence of somebody else. But you know exactly what you want to say, but you can't say it. Um, because in saying it, then, you know, you don't, maybe you lose some respect because people don't respond the same way to that sort of conversation, that sort of dialect, that sort of uh, linguistics. So for me, um, I definitely know that I've code switched. I think I've tried my best to, to kind of blend my different aspects together, which is called code meshing or code mixing. Um, but that's not always, uh, that doesn't always come across right because some people feel as though I'm not being as genuine to to one aspect of myself as I am to, to another, just by compromising on either. Uh, but I think everybody does. And I think as black men, we, we have to code switch for survival. Um, and the one instance I can definitely think of is, you know, interaction with the police. Have to code switch. I, I can't be my true actual self because even if I portray myself as afraid, then that puts the police on the defensive. If I, if I act frustrated, if I'm mad, if I'm tired, if I'm anything other than a thousand percent cordial and respectful and, you know, non-threatening, then everything that I do is going to portray a threat to somebody, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and I'm completely at the mercy of that individual in that circumstance. Uh, whereas other people may not feel that same way. You know, they can look at a police officer and say, you're just like me. Whereas I, I don't have that luxury. And uh, I may never, I may never have that luxury. Uh, so, unfortunately, as black men, I feel as though we have to code switch just for survival purposes in order to operate in this world that we're in. Uh, but to that same extent, I want to try to work on myself to minimize uh, how much I I code switch because I do feel like part of me gets lost, and I, I can't be my my full self that's, you know, part funny, part, you know, some might say mean, part asshole. Yeah, like I can't I can't be <laughs> myself without compromising, you know, something else. If if, if I'm being, you know, a hundred percent me in every situation, then that means somebody's taking it the wrong way. And unfortunately, that has less to do with me than it does to do with the person receiving. Because when people know you and they accept you, they can understand where you're coming from and what you're saying. But on that same level, the people that don't get you, that don't understand you, that haven't taken that time or haven't been able to invest in you, that's what they miss out on in you. They don't get to see that complexity that you have, that all they see is like, well, I know this guy to be like this. And if I see anything else, then now, now I'm questioning, you know, what is it about this guy that like, you know, now I have concerns, now I have questions. And unfortunately, as a black male, those often tend to be negative. I, I, I want to jump in and maybe you, you got more, but I, I don't I don't know that everyone, it was two things you said that were really interesting that spoke to me, but um, I don't know that everyone deserves to see your whole self, Quan. Like, I, I don't know that everyone deserves to see the whole bit of you. I think, you know, you probably do reserve 
showing 100% of yourself to, to places or in spaces that feel safe to people who you trust, to people who you feel that level of comfort with. Um, and then at the same time, even when you don't show 100% of yourself to someone, I don't know that you're not being you, right? You're just reserving. And I guess it depends on the way you look at it. You know, if you're at work and, you know, you use only certain grammar or, 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 or vernacular, if you will, um, in a, in a work um, environment compared to what you would use when you're hanging with the guys or when you're hanging, you know, with your wife, um, you're not not being you. You're just being part of me. A pared down version, right? I don't know that you're cheating yourself or cheating them. I mean, because you're actively making a choice to be like, all right, you know, I know I can't say a thousand curse words here. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna just, you know, tone that part down. I don't know, but I don't go, go ahead. I mean, I, I thought those were interesting things to, to, to think about, but the the one, the main one is that I don't, you know, I don't know that everyone deserves to see your whole self. Um, you know, the the parts of you that you really, really enjoy, because like you said, if people aren't ready for that or don't understand it, that's their problem. You know, it's not on, not on you. But, sure, but then yeah. I, another part of me feels as though I deserve to be able to be more of myself when I choose to. So like I, I'm actively making the choice to be less of myself in certain situations because of somebody else, as opposed to me just not feeling like being a different part of myself. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example, right? So I've often been criticized as an employee because if I'm in a bad mood or if somebody pisses me off, I'm about to, I'm about to just smoke yeah, yeah, go ahead. code switch and shit, right? So if I get pissed off at work, right? Someone does some real nut shit. I can emote that. Like, that's on me to be like, no, like, I'm not fucking with this shit right now. Like, all these motherfuckers in here, fuck all y'all. Like, I really don't fuck with y'all. I'm here, get my paycheck. On this day, I'm here to get my paycheck. And I, I don't really want to talk. I don't want to engage. I don't want to, I don't want to do none of that shit. I'm going to go to my office. Leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't say any of those things, but I, I emote that, right? And part of that is almost like a defense mechanism to say, like, look, you know, I'm not, I'm not here for that shit today. Like, leave me the fuck alone. However, that gets interpreted as, you know, Quan, when you get upset, like, you know, everybody can tell because you're not your usual, you know, fun and your energetic self so then so then my response to that is why the fuck do i gotta be that person every day mm-hmm. I'm, like i i i'm a very multifaceted person when i'm pissed like i have every right to express being pissed so if you know that i'm upset and i'm coming to work that means leave me the fuck alone like mm-hmm. that you know you know you did some wrong so Either come holler at me so we can try to fix it, or just leave me the fuck alone. But don't come up to my face talking about like, oh, what's wrong? And then you know, whispering to all other colleagues and shit, and you know, trying to make it this big deal. Like somehow I'm bringing down the morale of the department. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. Like I'm I'm pissed because somewhere along the lines I got fucked over. But then on top of that, you want to tell me that I can't be frustrated about that. I can't express how I feel. And like so, it's like no, you know, I don't. At, at, in those moments, that's when. The code, the, the code switching stops, but then that's when, when I express those negative emotions, then now I'm being threatened. Yeah. I'm now I'm a problem. Black men don't get to be intimidating in uh, in America, brother. <laughs> you know, you can cry, then you know if you cry, you a bitch. If you if you're angry, you're the angry black man. 
if you excited and happy, you were Uncle Tom. It's like, God damn, can I just live my life? Can I just be me? Yeah, you and can't so really you, show that much emotion. You got some people that are, just fuck with you because you're happy. It's like, yo, why the fuck you happy in this country? You shouldn't be happy. Lord, I am like waiting with bated breath about, I'm just waiting for your, um, you know, what you have to say on the topic. Because I know you have a lot. I know you've been waiting patiently, and I just know that you really going to come with it. So I am just super, super excited right now. I appreciate your, <laughs> I appreciate your excitement, and I hope you're not uh, setting our listeners up for a, <laughs> a letdown. Don't do it. So, so I pre- so I appreciate everything else said. So, and you've all said a number of things that I, you know, have thought of and and I I would have shared. Um, and they also give me the opportunity to share these things. So, code switching at its base is the ability to go between different uh, styles of communication in or languages in communication. Um, and that's at its core. So I think the truth is, the short story is everybody code switches all the time. Um, we just do. So one, so first thing that I want to talk about is expectation, right? So I think kind of going to what you said, Quan, just a lot of what you said. So I think there is an expectation on both ends. So with the del- deliverer and the receiver. So... As far as it goes for the deliverer, the deliverer, I think there is an expectation that I need to, I need to communicate a certain way to be effective, and there's and there is a possible truth to that. That is probably often true, a bunch of the time. Um, there may be an expectation on the receiver that if this person communicates, I will only understand this message if it's communicated to me in a certain way. So, and that could also be very true, but I think there is a possibility where those, neither of those things are true and we can express how we express and it is received the way we intend. The thing with communication is we don't know that, right? We don't know that because we, we, we go in a certain way, we engage a certain way. So, I think I need to speak a certain way to to my audience for them to hear. That's an assumption that I've made. So I've started. I've opened with an assumption. My audience is maybe looking at me or listening to me like, okay, so Warren is going to say something. You know, this person, that this speaker is going to say something a certain way. Who is the speaker? What do I need to do to adjust to be able to receive this messaging, right? So there's a lot about expectation that I think goes into this that we don't consider when we engage, which leads into this other thing of identity. And I think we've all said it a little bit. Um, this is about who we are, right? I think I think the code switching piece has been, has been uh, I guess, a conversation piece because there is a belief that if you switch codes, you are not you are not being yourself in some components, in some capacity. So if I'm a person that grew up in a household that spoke multiple languages, is it wrong that I code switch if I'm speaking to one side of my family in this language and the other side in this language? It's, that's absolutely code switching, but is there anything wrong with it? I think it's, it speaks to effective communication. I think the ability to be able to do that speaks to a level of agility, to speaks to a level of, to a level of versatility, speaks to a level of adaptability. I know how to, 
to reach an audience in a different way. I can be a better communicator. I can be more effective of a communicator. And I think the often the negative connotation that exists is from the belief or from the from the vantage point of someone that is comfortable with a certain thing, right? So, you know, the, the homies um, maybe want you to speak a certain way. Oh, so why why are you talking like that? Why why you know who who you think you are? You are you a college boy? You think you know? What I know that when I go into a certain situation, it's going to be important for me to be able to communicate effectively. If I use that with you, homies, you may not think you may not receive what I'm saying. You're gonna hear it as, "Oh, this dude think he's better than everybody else," and I'm not listed as dude. This 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 job turkey, what have you? If I'm good for a job turkey, I love a good job turkey. On on the other side, if I speak my very comfortable and casual um, style of speech in a maybe more professional and relaxed setting, I might not be taken seriously. So it is about me to – it is on me to make sure that I'm communicating effectively. So I think code switching at its core is about identifying how to effectively communicate and doing that. Um, but this really comes down to to – identity right who we think we are who we feel like we're supposed to be and you know as we're talking um this concept came to me or this notion came to me of if it's if we're code switching that means we have or know the code and if it's something we feel comfortable with using it's like think about uh, playing basketball if i'm if i'm a right-handed shooter and i can shoot with my left hand that's a that's effectively a code switch right to kind of get around the defense i need to use a different hand or you know code switching from being um but and we'll go to another sport football so i'm a running back um there's a code switch between you know being nimble and agile or running straight through someone right it's being effective trying to figure out how to get your point across how to do what you want to do effectively so i think there were a number of things about this um and i guess kind of you know just a little bit of personal experience and I'm sure you all know this, um, but growing up West Indian, that was something that I grew up with. That's a language that I grew up. That's a dialect that I grew up um, using and being comfortable with. So in situations when I am around certain people, it comes back because it feels natural, right? In, in this conversation, you're not hearing me, you know, use any patois or or something that that maybe something I would use with a cousin or someone else that, that identifies as Jamaican or West Indian. And that's not because I'm embarrassed. That's not because, you know, I don't want people to know this about me, but for the sake of effective communication, it may make sense to do, to do something that everyone on this call knows, right? If I start speaking in a different language that no one else knows, somebody, what, is, what does he mean? I don't understand that. And it, it interrupts communication. So I think code switching is, is really about effectively communicating and identifying ways to do that. And if it means being successful in certain situations, if it means being safe in other situations, if it means, you know, feeling comfortable in your own self, I think that's, I think it's vastly important. I think it's something that, that you know, I think Rio was the one that said it first. You know, it's about it's it's natural. Like it needs to be natural. Like figuring out how to make maintain safety in a situation and maintain you know your own personal comfort. And if we want to stretch it out and speak to what we want to do for our audience, uh, making them more comfortable, make them feel safe, make them not be you know have misunderstandings on who we are. I think that's important. So I think you know tying it all up. I think it's really about effectively communicating and and figuring out how best to do that. I agree with a lot of that sentiment. Um, 
you know, uh, I, I think when you, you, you get into to positions, if you're, you know, a, a, someone who often does public speaking or, or is presenting uh, sales ideas, things like that, you'll also get, you'll often get the, uh, the, the comment to know your audience, right? And to, to, to know what this audience wants to hear. Absolutely. Um, when you have to prepare different remarks, it's interesting, you know, it's good to know if these, you're speaking to a group of experts, um, you know, what their education level are, um, you know, depending, and you can kind of tailor your comments to the level of folks that you're speaking to in the audience, right? So like, that's also a form of code switching. Um, you know, if you're in IT, is everything gonna be extremely technical? Um, or are you speaking to a group of like eighth graders who are like on like a, a tour to, to learn the facility and then you, you know, you want to make things, make the comments in a way that they can understand it and they can relate to. Um, so yeah, that's a form of code switching as well that we maybe don't even think about. Um, that probably doesn't carry the negative connotation because you, you know, you're going to get paid based on your, your ability to, uh, to maneuver in and out of those situations. Um, but go ahead, Quan, like you had some. Oh, no, I was just going to say the, the part that really concerns me is that, and, and Warren kind of touched on it again, was that, that identity piece, because it's like we, we code switch oftentimes to put other people at ease or so that we can, you know, kind of, as Warren was alluding to, kind of be that chameleon and we can be adaptable. But then, you know, where, where do black men have a, a safe place to be themselves? Because at a certain point, if we're constantly accommodating all everyone else, at what point are we really, truly being ourselves and really trying to figure and define what that is? Well, and, I, and I would quickly respond to that. So who are we saying are black men, right? We're black men and I think we feel comfortable engaging in certain conversations, right? So I, I, so I feel like, unfortunately, what happens when we umbrella black men, we're speaking about a very certain type of black man. And it's, it's obviously this is gonna be situation specific, but I feel like there is this understanding of, you know, what fits and what doesn't fit in certain situations. And I don't think just because someone is of a certain race, of a certain skin color, of a certain whatever, there is a need to code switch. Like, like so kind of going off your example, as a black man, thinking about, um, well, because I'm a black man, I need to know how to code switch in certain situations. What's, what code switching do I need to, or what code do I need to switch to, and what code am I switching from? See, and I feel like this is the bigger identity piece because at the core, who am I? Am I someone that is maybe undereducated or, you know, am I illiterate? Am I just not as learned as someone else? I feel like just because someone is black, that doesn't mean they have to code switch. I feel like if we're talking about someone that grew up a certain way or in a certain place or with a certain educational background or experience, it's going to be a benefit to them to figure out how to switch and adapt to certain situations. But I don't think that's because of their skin color. I think it's because of, of, of the access that they had. True. But I, I also don't want to glaze over the fact that, that as black people, we, we do have to code switch. Like it's, it's a requirement. Like we, we can't just always be our true selves all the time. Who are we though? And that's my question. What are you saying? Who are black? Who are black people that we need? To, and what is the code that we're switching from? And what's the code that we're switching to? People who were brought from a different country as property, and well, not I, every black person was though. 
True, true, true. But but brought here under the assertion that we weren't human and we weren't going to have rights and have had to fight against an oppressive system designed and oftentimes reinforced to prevent us from having said rights. So we have to then code switch from having all of that hurt, pain, frustration, anger, code switch that to a more palatable presentation towards a system that wants to find an excuse to further, you know, destroy our culture and us. Maybe not all, right? I, I, and I agree with you because I, I fall into that category, but not everyone does, right? So if you were born upper middle class or even wealthy um, into a environment where, you know, it's progressive um, and maybe maybe it's one of those places that, quote unquote, don't see color, you probably don't have the same experience as like you or I had growing up, right? Yeah. So like, or or if you, you know, a lot of people come from Africa, but later, right, come from like Nigeria or or, or somewhere like that where they voluntarily came to the U.S., um, because they were seeking opportunity or, you know, or, or education, or they just wanted to come. Yeah. They had that much optionality where it's like, you know, I'm here because I choose to be here. Um, optionality is a word for I mean, we um, just, we don't let it rock. <laughs> um, anyway, I just made it up. If it's not, but I've, I've heard people use it before. Anyway, you know, it's a code, it's a lingo. Um, anyway, <laughs> so, um, so I don't know. I, I tend to agree with you though, Quan. Like I, I, and that's what I was saying before. Like there aren't, if you come from an urban environment um, where your ancestors um, were part of slavery, perhaps, um, or experienced Jim Crow, or both, um, the the place you grow up with matters a lot as far as where you feel comfortable being your yourself. Um, because if it's not urban or city or any of those words that mean the same thing, um, you probably have a bit of a different experience. Uh, if you if you're if your experience, you know, Tiger Woods is multiracial by his own definition. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people will call him a black man, but you know, by his own definition, he's multiracial. He didn't have the same sort of outcome, even though his dad was a black man that was in the military. Um, he wasn't raised in that kind of a place where where he was like categorized as black all the time, I guess. And he had the opportunities to kind of slide in and out of that. That's sure. a whole separate conversation. But yeah, I, for, for, for folks like you or I, yeah, uh, it does at times feel like there's not a safe place where you can fully be yourself, obviously with my guys, with my family. But um, yeah, they're, they're, like you said, the, the, you, you, you don't get to experience emotion in the same way. Um, you don't get to experience loss or pain um, in the same way. Um, there's an expectation for you to be tough at all times. Um, because if not, then there's this other, and that other becomes threatening to people, perhaps. You know, so like... Um, so yeah, I know what you mean there, and and you do have the code switch to manage, um, 
some of that. Like I, I like to think about code switching as Rio was saying, as Warren was saying, in a way where it's positive and you kind of use it as you're, you have you're adaptable to different environments, you're adaptable to different circumstances, you can flow in and out of conversations with different folks. That makes you a very marketable person, um, as far as your career or or, or communicating with folks. But um, at times, yeah, it is definitely a survival mechanism um, and a way to like preserve yourself. And you were asking, yeah, so oh, okay, one night. Sorry. No, you got to keep. <laughs> oh, okay. Kev was asking if uh if he felt that like white people code switch, and and absolutely they absolutely do because I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna point any names and I'm not calling anybody out but you know I get a lot of white males that'll be like brother or bro all like suddenly you know you hear them you hear them have conversations with other people and you don't hear that but then all of a sudden when it's referred to you then it's bro or it's you know it's the body posture kind of changes a little bit and the, the kind of the angle of conversation is a little different. So that's a, that's an attempt to kind of, you know, put you at ease as a black man to say, you know, Hey, like I'm on your side, you know, don't feel defensive or anything. And, you know, whereas on some level that's appreciated on another level, when you begin to recognize that it becomes a nuisance, it becomes like a, a recognition that you're being disingenuous as a person. And I would rather anybody be their actual selves or genuine selves to me as opposed to try to put on airs to try to you know disarm me because then at that point i'm only left with the question of well why are you trying to do that so and and this kind of goes back to what i was saying before and i think this is part of the challenge with this is that you have this expectation that you know and you don't know this person so you have this expectation that what they're saying is not genuine Right. And that's and I think that's part of the, the, the challenge with having conversations with people that are not like us or that are, you know, or, or having a conversation with someone else. You don't know where they're coming from. We have these expectations and the beliefs about who they are and why they're doing what they're doing. And and unfortunately, you we whoever can maybe misjudge a situation misread a situation like oh like this person doesn't know how to you know like you can't say that to me or you don't you don't you that's not what you say that's not how you speak and the truth is that may be you just that's not how you have heard a person that maybe remind you of them or that's similar to them speaks so i feel like when we bring extra stuff into a conversation the conversation changes like it's not necessarily I don't know. It's not necessarily a, a, the conversation that we think we're having. We're having a different conversation at that point altogether, but, but because we're not just joining the conversation, we're bringing other stuff into the conversation. But see, I feel like you kind of have to because hell, like I got trust issues, and, and why shouldn't I as a sure. black? Like, like I, I look back at our history and like our people trusted another culture to take us on, like, this free boat ride to the new land. It was like, oh, it's all opportunities and shit. Like, you about to live. It's about to eat. And then we get over there, and it's like, no, nah, slavery. Eat this. Like, so that's kind of tough. And then to to realize that they then put systems in place to be like, no, nah, you're forever going to be a slave. And then to try to put you in a position now where it's like, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. Like, oh, you know, it was in the past. And it's like, nah, bro. <laughs> so, but then it makes sense that that, that a, a white person mm-hmm. would try to code switch to say, but that's not me. But you don't believe it. So where's the movement? How does the needle move then in that space? Uh, again, though, but like that's a, that happens with conversation, right? That happens with me getting to understand 
and know who this person is. But I would much rather prefer that person to be their authentic, genuine self from the beginning. Because here's the thing, like, I don't really get to have that choice of who, who I get to, to be when people first meet me. Because if, if I did have that choice, I'd probably be dead by now. Uh, get that uh, out. I mean, it's not every day is a great day. You know what I mean? I could walk outside, like, I'm just not really fucking with anybody. Like, you know what I mean? And just give up people a look that, you know, be like, oh, it's a intimidated black man walking down the street. I don't know what he's up to. And, you know, he's got his hands in his pockets. And, you know, I've never seen him before in this neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear And you can get jumped. And you can get jumped by your boys. True. Or beaten up by your boys for seeming like you're not as cool as you used to be. So, so how, so what happens? How do, how do we move through this then? I want to get Rio's opinion. Um, you know, I I hear Quan, and you know, I hear y'all allude to this idea of cold switching loses a piece of yourself. I don't necessarily agree to that. I, I don't agree with that that sentiment. I agree. I, again, I stated earlier, like, why can't these other these other sides or these other facets just be other parts of you? Like, I don't. I don't, people are multifaceted. So the idea of, because I conduct myself in one manner at work and I conduct myself in another manner at home, I'm not being my true self at work, but I'm being my true self at home. Like I can be my true self at both places. I don't understand why I'm, I'm not at one and I am at the other. There's like, I'm, 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 I'm more than just one sided. So like that part, I, I'm not like a hundred percent agreeing with. I definitely see, you know, what you guys are saying, but I I just I'm not a hundred percent on board with that. See, all right. So this this is a fear that I have with with conversations like this that there's this 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 gross globalization of a thing, right? I'm not I'm not saying that there have not been injustices you know, to people, um, to certain people, to different populations for years and years and years, you know, countless injustices and inequities and such. My, my, my wonder is when and how does this change, right? If, and Aquan, I, I, I completely hear you on your trust issues. Like that makes sense. So how does that change, right? If, if, and, and I hear what you're saying, my conversation. So if someone that's not you, thinks someone that doesn't look like them so a black person that's not Quan um has a conversation with a white person that and and this black person feels the same way you do Mm -hmm. and this white person says you know tries to be what they think is their genuine self Mm -hmm. but it's met with this white guy uh, this this white guy is my friend this he he doesn't know me he's not he's not cool he's not he doesn't get to be you know to be buddy buddy with me how how does that conversation happen after that I was just going to say, if you don't think, if you have this belief that what you're hearing from someone isn't going to be genuine or authentic, how, why would you continue to have a conversation with them? You plural, not you, Quan, you plural. I, I think the way those conversations start, they have to have a certain level of just contrition in them. They need to be, you know, rooted in a sense of like, look, I understand what the, what the situation is. I get it. And I, I'm not going to sit here and accept all blame for it. And 
I can't say that I benefit a thousand percent from it and my life is 120% better because of it, but I can recognize that there is inequity in this situation. And, you know, I would like to have a conversation and just try to get to know you on like a person to person level and, you know, explore a topic or, or have this conversation. But let's not start with, I'm trying to ingratiate myself to you because I don't want you to think that I'm being a certain way. Like, just ex- like the, the problem the problem we have in this country is that we just don't want to accept the fact that it's fucked up. We want to keep pretending like everything is okay and everybody's cool and everything's level playing field, and we know that that's not the case. But what if by acknowledging that things aren't okay, they make themselves, they try to make themselves more um, appealing to you by, you know, trying to uh assimilate themselves into like what they think was comfortable for you like and right and yeah and and also in kind of tailing off of that aren't you doing something similar aren't you because if you're if you're saying you code switch in certain situations aren't you making yourself seem safe quote in quotes to to this audience so this conversation is potentially starting off all fake well, yeah, but again, like I have to do it to survive. They don't. They get they get the they get the opportunity to have a choice in how they want to pursue this conversation. I don't because if I talk sideways, there could be very negative repercussions as a result. Whereas if they talk negatively sideways, I'm I really have to just like bring and bear that shit because if I retaliate, you know, if, if I'm walking down the street and somebody's like, "Nigga, get off the street, nigga," I either gotta take that shit on the chin or I gotta say something. And I have to know that if I say something, that's gonna that could be negative consequences. What about a lower a lower stakes conversation of you see somebody at mm-hmm. you know at Seven Eleven at some grocery store and someone says something to you like oh like you guys are both reaching for the salsa and oh my bad bro. I just don't say bro. I'm not your brother. Like you know what I mean? Like, but like that's, a lot of people say bro commonly no, no, now. It's, it's more. It's definitely more. More it's like, like a trendy thing now. Yeah, yeah. Like for certain people, certain individuals, like that that can be a trigger. You know what I mean? Like where it's like I that instead of disarming me, that makes that arises my suspicion. So if you're in New York, right? And somebody steps on your shoe by mistake and they was like, yo, my bad, fam. Yeah, again, like we I, I know we're not family and I know we're trying I know you're trying to be like, yo, like I get it, like we're in the same struggle, all this kind of shit, like my fault, like I get it. I, I recognize it for what it is, but at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, fam, bro, what's good, baby? Like, let me holler at you. No. Do you say you're not my fam? You say, I don't know you like that. You're not my family. Do you say that to them? But I don't say anything because I don't fucking know them. <laughs> but you, you can say, all right, no worries. It's cool. Like, yeah, all good. Keep it. Keep it. See, see, see how that doesn't, that, that doesn't require any level of, like, switching anything. It's like, I recognize you recognize you made a mistake. I acknowledge you made a mistake. Can we keep it a moving? Is it the same? <laughs> the person recognizing that they made a mistake and keeping it moving is kind of the same, right? My bad, bro. A white guy says that to you in Wawa. It's not the same. Yeah, but you can just say my bad. You ain't gotta say bro at all. But if but if he bros everybody because he he bros everybody. And, that, and again, that that's fine. But I don't know this person, so for me, 
okay. receiving it is a situation of like now like okay you you've alerted me to something now whereas before you could just be like my bad and this goes back to my previous point of there's stuff that we're bringing into this that can potentially exacerbate a situation and i think this is one of the pitfalls of 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 doing this like we if there is an expectation that someone is always attacking us, we're always going to be on a high alert. And while I understand and respect the, the, the space and the need for that, it can be dangerous. Being on, on level five all the time, that's not a good place to be. Well, obviously, but that's why fucking black people are stressed out all the fucking time. <laughs> because, because they won't let stuff go? Is that what you're saying? Because what I'm because I offer if if you don't get offended by this random dude saying bro, I feel like if you can just let that slide, let that rock. I mean, it does. This could be a very not a negative impact situation. Like, oh my bad, bro, and that's it. You don't have you don't have the same thing. You don't have to. You could potentially not feel anything, and it'd be the same same thing as someone say, my bad, fam. It'd be the same thing. It's just how you respond. So my thing is, if we're bringing other stuff into conversations and into situations, when does anything change? How will it change? Because from that end, I don't think you can even have a conversation with this dude that broed you because you think this dude is being ingenuine. Like, does that make sense? Like, am I like, am I am I off base? It does, but and that's that's exactly why I don't have a lot of conversations. Like, as as friendly and as approachable as I am. When I'm out in just the public world where I don't, I'm not around like people that know me. I don't engage with people like like that. Like, I, I, just, <sighs> I don't. I mean, it's, it's certain <sighs> times like there's a difference, but it, like if I'm just going to Wawa, right? I'm not. I'm not engaged. I'm not like I'm not your bro. I'm not your fan. Like something happens, like I'm addressing you as the person that you are. Like, yeah, sir, ma'am, that, and that's that's as far as it goes. I must say, you one of the more, we all are pretty social at times, and we all kind of randomly in, enter into these random conversations with strangers. Sure. Absolutely. And there's a time and a place for that, right? I mean... I like that all the time. And see, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, I would love to be like that all the time, but I can't be like that all the time. Because me being sh- like that all the time is risky. And you know, and so let me take a moment to to validate your experience, right? Yes. So any 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 of the challenging that I'm doing, like it's not, I don't want this to be that I'm saying what you're what you're feeling is you know is not real, is not legitimate. And if that at any point came across, that is not at all what I'm saying. Um, I get the sense that if if we keep holding on to this stuff. It's it's never gonna nothing is going to change, right? And again, again, that's a broad stroke statement. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying Quan, you just need to feel different, like because and it, it may feel like I'm saying that, and that's not what I'm saying. I, but I think it's important that we kind of consider other things when we're having these when, when these situations happen, right? When these situations arise, if someone says, you know, my bad, bro, it could really be there is a there is a possibility that this person is trying to seem approachable and seem comfortable mm-hmm. and there's a possibility that this person is this person this person is the bro guy mm-hmm. and we don't know that space because this is a one-off interaction and and it, it'll the, the can't or the opportunity for a further conversation won't exist or it likely won't exist 
But I think when we end up having this as some kind of context and reference to a future situation, the next time something like there's the next time you and this and another white guy are reaching for the same salsa, like here we go. I bet you I'm gonna get broed again, right? And I feel like <laughs> we start thinking about this pattern, and and nothing changes, and it gets it gets tougher and tougher to change the more we expect this stuff. So kind of like what I was saying earlier before about code switching, I think it's based on expectation. I think we do things. With expectation, we give messages based on expectations, and we receive messages based on expectations. And and oftentimes, if we kind of just go in open to what happens, I feel like we may fare better. To, to counter your point, not to be a dick about it, but no, if if I'm the bucket, right, and I'm supposed to just take these things, all I'm asking is that I'm I'm not giving anymore. And I don't think that's asking too much. It's it's a matter of like. If if you feel as though it's necessary to code switch to engage with me, how about you try not code switch? And that's when I would remind you that you have an expectation that there is code switching being done to engage with you. And I think yeah. that's what I keep coming back to. You'd have to know the person to know that they're code switching. Right. On a one-off conversation, you don't know. But if you're going in with this expectation, that's what's happening. Your bucket is going to keep getting full when the reality could be like, oh, well, I'll just move my bucket to the side because this is not something for my bucket. But it could be getting full because you're actually the one putting the shit in there. I mean, it could be. You're right. But I'm, I've also experienced a shit ton of microaggression. So it's like, how do I then have to sit here and decipher and determine what's the difference? Like, between, like, how do I know when somebody's not just being an asshole versus somebody's just genuinely being themselves? Because, again, like, keep in mind, I've lived in Detroit and dealt with white people. I've lived in the South and dealt with white people. They are very different, but they can also be exactly the same. So it's, you know, I've, I've heard veiled racial slurs, you know, come in my direction. Everything from like, you know, oh, your hair is so curly. Or like, oh, how does your hair stay so greasy? And like, you know, oh, do you tan? Like shit like that is like, I understand those to be slights now. You know, whereas when I was younger, they, I was just like, oh, I don't know. I just, I genuinely just thought they were curious about these things. But now I know that like, no, they were like being assholes about this shit. But you know, how do I then turn around and then face with something similar, just brush that shit off and be like, oh, well, no, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt. That's, that's a tough act. Absolutely. And I think, and again, what I keep coming back to is then then how, how if, if there's a series of these one-off or a string of these one-off conversations, it sounds like or what I'm hearing is that this that you won't feel differently, right? When again, so the next guy, the next white guy that bros you, he's again trying to be all friendly with me. He's trying to be familiar, whether or not he is. But again, if you have if this conversation happens repeatedly, based on your history, based on on what your experiences are, and again, that's what that's why I want to make sure to to definitely honor your experiences. I, I think it's going to be very difficult for you to feel anything differently. And and what I'm offering is this idea of maybe everything isn't against you. Maybe some things just exist as they do. Maybe. I would I would love to believe that. But as of right now, that's I, I can't I can't put all my faith in in other people. I can hear that. I can hear that. Not, not when they nail on people's necks and shit. Like, I just, I just can't, I can't sit and be like, ah, well, I'm sure they didn't mean that. Because I don't know, you know? I'm sure they didn't mean to storm the Capitol. But that shit happened. So, he's the same. Uh, 
you know, defending their heritage at Marconi Plaza. I'm sure that didn't, you know, that's not what they meant, but how am I supposed to decipher that shit? Yeah. No, I can't disagree with you. I, I think I would say um, something that was told to me, you know, to, to make your life easier is um, to the extent that you can, especially with strangers, but you know, make sure that the energy or the thoughts you're giving to folks are as accurate as possible, right? And if you don't know, then try not to give it energy so that it doesn't, you know, negatively affect you. Because, um, yeah, man, I mean, I get it. You know, you walk around, we're all black men. Um, you know that, you know, generally what we see in the media is that there's a negative connotation when people meet us, right? For whatever reason. I don't got to say for whatever reason, but we know the reasons. But, um, yeah, now I'm questioning, like, is it foolish to say, or is it naive to say, yeah, try to give people the benefit of the doubt, or or don't qualify everything as, as racial. Um, I, yeah, that's a tough ask, Quan. Yeah, I, I, I get you. I, I feel you. Um, I think it, it makes life complicated sometimes um, for us to kind of figure out if it's a slight, if it's somebody being real, if it's an honest mistake. Um, but to make life as easy as possible to, to, to kind of reduce the stressors um, in our lives, you kind of just, you know, you do end up giving people more of a benefit of the doubt or, or maybe perhaps trying not to respond or letting things go, but yeah, that's, that's a tough, I, as I'm saying that, as I'm saying like things to you as, as my brother, as, as me, like, yo, don't let your life so stressed or like, don't let your life so upset. It's like, damn, you got every goddamn valid reason to feel that way. So it's, 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 it's tough. It is, um, it is tough. I'll, I'll stop, you know, before, before we get to wrapping up and before we get the final thoughts, I had a question, um, as this was going on and, um, you know, we talk about it obviously from our perspective because that's the perspective that you know we we know. But um, if you are on the other side, it's code switching. Say you're a white person and you're trying to, you say some as we say, sometimes code switching could be for you so that you can easily adapt to your current situation, your current environment, um, or maybe you know if you're presenting something or if you're selling something to someone, you do it so that. Um, your message and, and you yourself are, are more welcoming, more inviting. It's easier to be um, understood. How much of that, where's the line? And this is kind of off topic, but on topic still, where's the line between, you know, for your white person trying to, and your code switching, where's the line between code switching and like cultural appropriation? Like, is, is it the same? Is it different? Um, why does one have a super negative connotation versus the other where maybe obviously blackface all that that's a separate conversation that's obviously clearly wrong but what you're saying Quan, like you know um the people who do bros or or yo's or hey my man you know i I, I feel like it boils down to intent right so if you're if you're trying to you know be respectful of something there there are respectful ways to do so. You know, if you want to honor the heritage of of African Americans and you you really like really like a hairstyle, then that's a conversation that you have with a black person that maybe has dreads and say like, 
what do dreads mean to you as a black person? Like, would you be offended if me as a white person had dreads? Like, let's have that conversation. And like, but but you do the homework, like it, I, that's because like take some time. So kids, kids that grow up in the suburbs or whatever that grew up, and there's a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the Wu Tang Clan, love hip hop culture, love all that. Uh, dress like Allen Iverson because Allen Iverson was their favorite basketball player. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the world isn't perfect though. Like so, so when they're confronted with like, like, I don't like how you present yourself. Like they have, and and it's unfortunate because it's not their fault in that situation. But that's this is the country that we live in. So it's like they are going to, they got to take that lump because. Like that—that's the circumstance. Like we can't—we can't control that. I—I I can't sit here and be like, I'm gonna give you a pass, but then somebody else that does it, you know, they—they they don't get a pass because I can tell that they're not from the same situation. You're like, no, it's—it all gets lumped in together, and it—it it, it sucks. It's not necessarily fair, but at the same time, like we didn't create the circumstance to begin with. Okay. And shit, like we don't have a lot of shit <laughs> that we can really call our own as it is. So. I mean, it's hard to like when you're trying to have a culture and preserve your culture, and then you feel as though it's like under attack, and then you feel as though like you have to then be accommodating to everybody else. But then when you ask for the same in return, you don't get it. So, two things then. Um, Very militant tonight. I do apologize. I I stopped cold switching, and then you know, (laughs) your black man came out. So, so th- so it's difficult to for me to kind of make sense of like the 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 dialectic, right? So we have people that are not black. We have people that are not basketball players that are emulating Allen Iverson. Going back to the example, arguably, that's a form of appreciation. Arguably, all the kids that love – all the people that love Allen Iverson as a basketball player that get his jersey, it's because they appreciate him. They respect him. They they like what he does. They give him this whatever. Yep. It happens that Allen Iverson has a, a style to him, right? He has a signature – he had a signature look to him. Okay. All right. I'm going with you. I'm going down this rabbit hole with myself. So – Let's say, I don't know, um, insert white player here. Okay. If white player here um, wore tuxedos and red bow ties as their signature look. Craig Sager? I feel like there would be no problem with wearing that, emulating that style. And are we saying then the issue is that because non-blacks recreating or reenact a black person style? Because then are we saying that everything that isn't whatever we're identifying as Allen Iverson or, you know, of black culture is white culture? So suits, so shirts and ties, so non-casual basketball gear. I mean, let's say as an example, Luka Doncic um, – wore, you know, shawl sweaters and sweatpants, and that was his thing. And people did that. 
I feel like if people started doing that, that would be a similar appreciation for you. Luca's my man. I love Luca. He's great. Da, da, da. I'm gonna. I want to be like Luca. So they wear this thing. They they emulate this style of his. Is that not? Is that not the same thing? Is there not is there not a in, in a space where there can be some kind of appreciation? Let's see. Okay, so if you want to appreciate an athlete, right? You wear their jersey, you buy their shoes, you wear their shoes, you wear merchandise that has their likeness on it. But when okay. you're trying to like do their style, if you're like if say for instance, I'll take the Iverson the Iverson example you use, right? Sure. If, if uh, a young um let's say Asian Asian male in Iowa is a big Allen Iverson fan. And uh-huh. on the regular, he wears cargo shorts and uh, North Fleece uh, pullovers, right? On the regular, that's what he typically wears. But today, he's going to go to a Sixers game, and he wants to be like Allen Iverson. So he goes, and he has on his, his Iverson jersey, and he has uh, Iverson sneakers on. Cool, cool. Headband with the one ear, cool. Uh, if he does his hair into cornrows, mm, slow down. If he starts sagging his shorts, what the fuck? Like that—that's where it gets offline because that's—that's that's, Allen Iverson is is a person, is a is a basketball player. So if you want to honor the basketball player, you have jerseys, memorabilia, et cetera, et cetera. That that does that. You don't need to then sag your shorts or you know put grills in or put tattoos all over it. that's 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 where it gets into a I different f- category i feel i feel it's like tough. it ends up being more that they st- they have stood out they are doing something other people aren't doing so i think if anybody did a thing perfect example dennis rodman when he started dyeing his hair and do that people would do that they dye their hair and go to games is that was that not okay because uh, dennis rodman did it I mean, Dennis Rodman dyed his hair because that's his choice, but is that is that exactly Dennis Rodman? Like, people dyed their hair because of Dennis Rodman. Some did. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, they did. And was that Dennis not okay? Dennis Rodman or, or, or Cisco? Right. Is that is that was that not okay because because that wasn't who they were yesterday? I mean, I mean, I guess it, it it's whatever they're whatever else they're taking away from. If they're just dyeing their hair, I mean, there's no harm in that. That's but in these one-off experiences, I don't think we have this information, and I think that's that's again back to where the challenge is. If these one-off experiences where you see someone at a game at a basketball, so you see Asian kid from Iowa at a basketball they, they basketball the game, they flew to you know Philadelphia, they want they want to see a Sixers game, and they saw it, and they did, and this is what they did, like yeah, I said I love you, and this is that is that not appreciation? I mean, is that I'm, disrespectful? I'm, I'm, no, 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 I'm cool. Like again. I'm cool with that, but if he goes, I live to like, yo, 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 what's up, my G? No, that's not cool because that's not required. It's it's a tough line, right? Because that happened a lot. There were a lot of white kids in elementary school who got their hair braided because they wanted to be Allen Iverson. And yeah, I mean, kids shaved their head early because they wanted to be Michael Jordan. Um, so it's it's a fine line. That's why I asked the question because it's. I think the question really is appreciation versus appropriation, right? Like, where do you draw the line? Um, and how does that intertwine with code switching? Um, to but me, I think it's... I, sorry, I, no. 
You know, just quickly, I think to answer your question very quickly, I think it's 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 based on the audience, based on the on the receiver of the message, mm -hmm. which I think is similar to code switching, right? Like it's it's what I think you're saying, what I think you mean by how you're saying what you're saying, or the way you're speaking or delivering your message. I think it's always going to be based on the audience, based on the 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 messenger, and just situation specific. I agree with you. I agree. Yeah, I, I just wanted to ask about it. Um, Anything else on that, or should we go to final thoughts? Um, I, I'll, I'll jumpstart here and just say, um, yeah, I, I think code switching, if used um, in a way where you, you aren't jeopardizing your, yourself and using it as a strength, you know, something that's that additive, um, you, you code switch because, you know, you have sales presentations to different audiences, or you have... Um, um, you know, you, you coach five-year-olds and then you also coach high school uh, age uh, players. Like, you, you're going to do some code switching. So I think, you know, using it in that regard and um, using it in a way where you can really relate to folks and, and you know, kind of effectively communicate, it's A-OK. -okay. And, um, you know, as Quan said and as we kind of alluded to throughout the night, just, you know, certain instances you, you want to have um, some awareness of how a message or your, your, you know, if it comes into race or even sex or gender, um, just be aware that if you do it in a way, um, make sure it's not offensive. And I think that's, that's what I'll leave, uh, leave with there. This soundboard is killing me. <laughs> Let's go, Mo. Um, uh, like I stated before, like I feel like cold switching is something natural. Um, and again, while I understood, you know, everybody's viewpoints in regards to the the negative connotations that could be viewed with uh, cold switching, um, I, I, I just feel like we as people are multifaceted people, and I think, and I think conducting yourself. Um, in a different manner, depending on your environment and surroundings, doesn't necessarily mean that you are losing a, a, a piece or a part of you. I don't necessarily agree with that viewpoint. Um, um, I feel like you can, you are still your full self while being multifaceted. Um, so um, I don't. I guess I don't subscribe to the negative portion of it. Um, while I do understand it, though, I do understand it. Um, I just don't. I guess I just don't subscribe to it. Um, but as I always say, uh, as often as I can, be you. It's probably the best thing to be, and it's the easiest thing to be. That's all I got. I'll um I'll go because I know Warren wants to put a nice little bow on this. Um, I think this really got me thinking a lot about identity and the the fragile. And I use that word kind of loosely, but the fragile identity or development of the identity for the for the black male. Um, it, it's it's complicated. I'm sure as as a lot of our listeners have heard, like it's there's a lot of different things at play. And I think that code switching can be 
sometimes detrimental, but it's also necessary uh, in order to really survive and function uh, in the world. Uh, my, I guess my caution is always to just really spend the time, and this goes to, to anybody of any race, really spend the time to figure out who you are for yourself, not who you are for anybody else, just who you are for yourself. Um, and in all things and in all ways, try to be as true and as genuine to yourself as you can. Uh, no one's perfect. Everyone has flaws. People make mistakes. And just because you make a mistake doesn't make you a bad person. Repeatedly making the same mistake does make you an asshole, though. So let's uh, let's fix that, uh, Andrew Cuomo. But anyway, that's uh, I didn't mean to get on a rant there. Sorry. Uh, bring that bring that right on back. Sorry about that. Um, but no, just um, you know, continuously work on on ourselves and, and be the best version of ourselves that we can be. Um, so you may know at this point that I am a believer in communication and, and how important it is and vital it is to, you know, just connection and just longevity and all, all of those good, positive, wonderful things. Um, so with that, um, thinking about code switching and, you know, I agree with, you know, a lot of what we've said here tonight. Um, I think there is a value to, to being able to you know, navigate different conversations, different relationships effectively. Um, and I do think that it's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. There are some some uh, challenges that comes with feeling, you know, the com you know being being compelled to to code switch or feeling the need to code switch in different situations and for different reasons. So with that, I I offer um, two little you know takeaway nuggets. Um, choose your words wisely. You know, make sure that when you're communicating, you are saying it, saying what you want to say in the way you want to say it. And also know your audience. Um, just coming back to, you know, com comments that were made already. Just, I mean, effectively communicating means you know who you're speaking to, speaking with. Um, and that's, I think, going to be something that will, you know, make make these uh, gaps a little bit more manageable and easier to traverse. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you all. Um, and with that, you know, this has been another episode of the Fellas Five podcast. Again, Chris, we missed you tonight. Um, speedy recoveries and such. But um, yeah, fellas, you want to help me and uh, give the last little bits to our listeners? Hey, thanks for listening all across, all across the globe. And uh, you can find us anywhere. We're uh, just about anywhere podcast for listening to we look forward to uh chatting with you again next week you can also find us on instagram at fellas five podcast we have been so good at this